0: Hello, Marvelites. This is Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by...
1: Associate Producer Blake Garris, joined by a band we love. (laughs) Introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Norman Brannan. My name is Garrett Klone.
0: You guys are from... Texas
1: is the reason!
0: (laughs) We're very excited! No, legitimately, uh, Blake and I are super excited. All the fans of the podcast know we do this podcast of stuff that we're really passionate about. And so, when the opportunity came up to have you guys here, both to give you the tour and just show you some of Marvel. Which is always fun for me, but to be able to chat with you guys about various things it was, it was super cool so i 'm just
1: i 'm already bummed that we have missed the opportunity to do this like joint unison.
0: Texas is the reason, and it would have been missed, so professional. Uh, I missed radio. my cue. Yeah,
1: I'm off the clock right now. <laughs> I mean, we, we could edit it
0: back in if you, if you want. There's, there's
1: no problem with People that. People don't know that Garrett and I can harmonize very well. Yeah, one, two, three. <laughs>
0: that was pretty perfect. I mean, I don't know if it comes across on the recording, but man, that was spot on. For the fans who may not know you guys, explain a little bit of your history. I mean, it's. it's Pretty long history now.
1: It's pretty lengthy. Yeah. It, but it's long and it's not, though. <laughs> it's true. It's long in the sense that, like, our history kind of won't die to some <laughs> extent, but short in the sense that, you know, we got together in, I guess it was probably the end of 94 and beginning of 95, mm. and we made, like, a handful of, you know, records, some seven inches, one album, and then broke up, and it just didn't stop. And we've kind of been still playing catch-up with it for, you know, the last 15 years. It's very true. It's very true. Um, Yeah, yeah, so, but now we're kind of temporarily reunited. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Taking care of some business. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember, randomly, I remember being on a road trip with my family and listening to the record. Over and over again. Like, long drives. In
2: your headphones or in the car stereo? In, in, okay, in headphones. I was going to say.
0: It was both serene but, like, very mellow, very chill. Like, the whole experience of that, mm. and that always comes through now that, you know, every time I listen to that record, it's, it's
1: perfect. Oh, right on. That sounds like a good memory.
0: Yeah, it's a great memory, actually.
1: I was just reading this tweet the other day, and I was really stoked on it. It was uh, this guy who apparently was playing Texas The Reason for his five-year-old, and his five-year-old said... You listen to some good music, Daddy. Aww. That's, like that.
0: <laughs> that's terrific. So There
1: you go. We're fun for the whole family. <laughs> yes, totally.
0: Before we started the podcast, we talked about a friend of, of the show's, Ron Richards from iFanboy, and he used to do a zine called Muddle, so he texted his partner was Dave Brown. He was yes. the punk guy. Ron was the hardcore guy. Oh, okay. Ron was the hardcore guy, but he's like super Britpop, super like emo dude at the same time. It's very funny. So that's that.
1: We were super brick pop too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, which is interesting. Isn't everybody it, in the mid <laughs> I, mean,
0: I love The Smiths. I don't. The, the Smiths is a weird. My wife, she is uh, an ethnomusicologist. Mm. She teaches college level music history and all this stuff. And wow. she did her dissertation on Riot Girl stuff and uh, Ladyfest. So she has crazy knowledge about music, but she's fascinated by hardcore kids who have this deep love of Morrissey, the Smiths, or Britpop, or something like that, I can't explain it because I don't remember how it even got introduced to do I feel like those it. are
1: two different things, though. Because there's this kind of cult of Morrissey that exists, right? But, like, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all listening to Embrace or, you know... Well, it might mean that they're listening to menswear. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, menswear. But
0: there are so many right. who, like, you know, will listen to heavy hardcore bands who are also just super into stuff that you wouldn't think I've found I've come across it a ton in, in people I've met and mm. whether it's shows or various things and I don't have any explanation for it and I, like I said I don't know how I got introduced to that stuff Yeah, it's just weird because I don't have any older brothers or anything it was yeah. really just very insular for me.
1: I have two, so everything. I, I had two older brothers, mm-hmm. so I'm, I am was totally just like that kid who was trying to be ten years older than I was my whole life. <laughs> Probably still.
0: How did the band form initially? Well, those three, the three of
2: them, Norman, Scott, and Daly, they were pretty much already a band. I had been booking shows in Buffalo, New York, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And at one point or the other, all three of them, except Scoots, actually, you had stayed at my mom's house, right? Mm-hmm. Come through with shelter. Yep. Uh, my mom was always out of town, she was a wa- uh, always working. She was a waitress, so my house was always empty. So I would book the shows, and 90% of the time, I'd have six or seven bands parked in the driveway and like sleeping on my floor and stopping up the toilet and eating all my food. <laughs> but still, it was fun because I'm still friends with you know, a number of those people, um, including these guys. yeah But uh, I had met them in passing in Buffalo and then. We exchanged handwritten letters.
1: For yeah, sure. For once or twice. Maybe
2: a mixtape. Yeah, mixtape. <laughs> the courting, the courting of us. And, uh, I was actually on my way to Baltimore to visit a girl I was dating, and uh, I had a three-hour layover on the train, and you picked me up.
1: R- but Didn't this you? was after you got kicked out of Copper.
2: Oh yeah, the band
1: I was in kicked right. me out, and I was like, "Well, f- screw it, I'll just move to New York." This is when I totally screwed over my roommate, Deck. Steve Reddy. so my roommate was Steve Reddy Uh who who runs Equal Vision Records and that was the label that Copper was on and he got a phone call from Garrett And I'm sitting in the office, and he's, like, freaking out on the phone, like, they kicked you out, I can't believe... Because, you know, in his mind, he was like, Garrett's the star of the band. Even though I couldn't play bass. You know, sometimes charisma means something. But so, you know, I still can't play guitar, but people don't care. No, but so I was listening, I was overhearing this conversation, and I actually... Walked up to Steve, and I was like, hey, when you're uh, done, can I talk to him for a second? (laughs) And he was like, yeah, okay. So, you know, he finishes this conversation with Garrett. I go and grab the phone, go into my bedroom, and I'm like, so they kicked you out. (laughs) (laughs) That sucks. You know, whatever. And, you know, I'm like, so what do you do? Are you going to stay in Buffalo? You You can't stay there. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, that place is played out. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it was really, like, in my mind... And all I remember, actually, because I'd never heard Garrett sing, except for, like, two notes that you backup sang on the Copper 7-inch. And I was like, those are some good notes. (laughs) So I just had this, like, feeling that, like, this guy can sing. Let's do this. And then, yeah. Yeah, I was on my way to
2: Baltimore, and I had a three-hour layover at Penn Station. Penn Station? Yeah. Yeah. And he picked me up, and we went to Angelica Kitchen, where Scoots worked had some food and i met scott and then we just started talking and he's like well yeah i was like well i gotta go to baltimore and see my girlfriend let's talk when i get back the short version of this story is i got to baltimore she was no longer my girlfriend i didn't know that well then and i called you and i came right back yeah that Mm -hmm. that same night yeah i think yeah and then the rest as
0: they say (laughs) incredible fast forward now you guys did some shows what 2006 right
2: Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. So that right. was our 10 year anniversary.
0: Ah, okay. So that was the reasoning for, for those?
2: In 2006. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then what was that in buckets and buckets of money? Just so it's like. <laughs> just like it's like pouring off. Yeah, us.
0: even as you've been walking through the office, it's been like, oh, you're dropping dollars. Exactly. You're
1: still spending that
0: money. Yeah. It's actually
1: in the rider that it needs to be in buckets. Yeah. Singles.
0: <laughs> Lots of talk of riders. For you guys, uh...
1: We never had them back in the day, man. You yeah. get them now? <laughs>
0: I, I don't we know didn't
1: that. get it in Chicago. We didn't get it in Chicago. <laughs> you
0: know, Chicago no. you know, in, in our industry, like I, I'm always fascinated by the various things of every profession. So writers is like... Well, we
2: used you, to make up fake ones. Like uh-huh. when we you know, 95, 96, we would put like a cloven hoof, uh, a bag of <laughs> cooked rats. We'd also put like Chevy Chase on the guest list and yeah. Bill Murray on the guest list and stuff like that. They never came. (laughs) Yeah, they never came. I never did get that Cloven Huff.
0: He's about Bill Murray. I used
2: to have to get
1: writers too for people, so thank you for
2: that. (laughs) 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 I mean, there are some pretty ridiculous requests, but one thing I always wanted, and I saw it was with us uh, in the 90s when we played that festival in Italy with Rancid and Samayam. No, Sweden. Sweden? Yeah. Rancid had bags of socks yeah. on their rider, which I just thought was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You know, I'm just like on tour, just peel them off and throw things away. Brand new pair every night. Socks as and underwear. Lame and That's old as that makes thing. me sound.
1: No, no <laughs> totally. I mean, if I could, I would just ask them for an outfit to throw away at the end of the night.
0: <laughs> what was the longest road trip you guys ever went on? Like, whether it was a tour. Touring? As the band? Yeah.
1: I mean, as the band, it never felt like we weren't. Touring, yeah,
2: which it's uh-huh. like pretty much two years on. Yeah, I mean, hit and miss. Uh-huh. You know, with a couple of weeks off here
1: and there, but that was the most I've done. I think it's kind of what killed us, honestly.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say, how do you function like that? How, what does your life become? Well, with us, you stop talking to each other yeah. completely. Or you break, break up in the middle of the tour. <laughs> yeah. That becomes your
1: break, <laughs> yeah. and then you fly back out and finish it in a car. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we did that once.
2: Yeah, we definitely.
0: Did <laughs> it, how intense was that to like come back and be like, like that meeting well, again? To
2: add insult to injury, uh, well, we, before we had broken up and quit the tour, we were in a nice, you know, 15-passenger van with a loft. Like we built, a, you know, a loft in it and like had pillows and, you know, all of our things. Probably had a thousand cassettes. As old <laughs> as that makes us sound, just like boxes of cassettes to listen to. But for some reason or another, we said, you know, screw this, we're done, we're going home. A week or two later, our label, like, they're like, you have have to go and finish this tour. So we got back out to California, (laughs) and was it a two-door or was it a four-door? It was small, It was a small (laughs) four-door car for the four of us, all of our gear, and all of our luggage, and then we're like, well, at least we have... Me. That's
0: okay, we'll believe it. Okay. As long as we
2: I guess we have the trunk. So Revelation Records, our label, like they set this up for us. So we opened up the trunk. There was no room in it because it was filled to the brim with Revelation catalogs <laughs> that we were supposed to put like on our merch table, like pouring out of it. And did we stay in that car? Did
1: we do it that we way? We did it in the car. I mean we threw away all the catalogs. Aww. <laughs> You. Sorry, Jordan. Oh, sorry, it did again. <laughs> sorry, Jordan.
0: <laughs> was, oh man. All right. You said that was the middle part of the tour.
1: Oh, that was in the middle, and what was that was actually a tour with Sensfield, and it was funny because mm. like we just played with Sensfield, the Rev Twenty Five, in Chicago mm. a couple weeks ago, and it was funny to me because I still felt like John Bunch came up to me and was like, you know, he thought I was like mad at him for something on that tour, and I was like, why? 15 like, years ago. Yeah, and he was like, I was like, why would I be mad at you? And he was like. Well, I mean, I was really mad that you guys, like, you know, jumped off the tour and I probably said stuff. And I was like, you should have been mad. I was <laughs> mad.
2: <laughs> I, Solea, when I was in that band, Solea, Scotty McPherson from Sensibility, he played drums with us for a little bit. And even, you know, 10 years later, I would still... Because I don't know if I remember... Exactly saying this, I think I it's something to the effect of I wanted to go home and take a bath with my girlfriend. <laughs> like that's like the reasoning I gave to not wanting to finish the tour. That was what you did with us, I think.
1: Yeah. No, I mean later. I remember in Chicago, There's something was to like, do with Jen. I just I was, want to go home. I'm gonna see my girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, but Scotty McPherson,
2: like he would still, like ten years later, like if Soleil was going to like Europe or, or or somewhere, he'd be like, Are you gonna? Do you need a bath with your girlfriend? Are we going to make it through this whole freaking tour?
0: <laughs> You'll never live it down. Never. No. Never. I love Sunsfield. i got to get them in here. I don't know yeah. if they're, they're fans at all. Whatever. That's neither here nor there. All right. So then 2006, 10-year reunion, what was the impetus for the recent stuff? Was it the Rev 25 shows? What brought you guys back together recently? Sort of.
1: I mean, they asked us. They started it, right? We weren't, yeah, we weren't
2: talking they asked about to, it. No, no, no. They asked us for LA first. Um, and we pretty much across the board said no.
0: Yeah, thanks me. for that because I was actually in Los Angeles. I was serendipity had me in Los Angeles when those rev shows were going on because mm-hmm. I think it was the same time as E three. So I was like I extended my trip a little bit. You get, get I, go? I got to go to two of the shows, and of course, Youth of Today played stuff that I didn't play the stuff I really wanted to hear the one night I got to see them but I did get to see Sensefield. I went to two nights of those uh, shows. It's great. So thanks a lot for not playing. <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> no problem. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we said no to LA and then they asked us to New York and we said no to New York and then they asked us again <laughs> yeah. and again and then I think we were just like, oh, we should talk
2: about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Daly went to the, well, Daly, our drummer, oh, right. was in, playing drums for Super Touch. He still okay. is playing drums for Super Touch so he went out there to play with them and. He basically came back and was just like, ah, it's pretty cool, guys. Like, it's, there's a lot of friends and it's fun, and it it's a good, like a good vibe. Fun, right? And I mean, it's important to us, if, you know, if we're going to celebrate something, you know, the vibe is almost just as important as our songs, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah.
0: I was at a, a YouTube summit in the middle of last year. And Mike Dubin was sitting behind me, and somebody posted something on social networks mm. for the Rev shows, and it was just the logo, it was a Texas logo. Mm. I looked at him, and he's like, Yeah, I know. I'm like, Great, <laughs> right, you could have told me. That's, that's terrific. We were happy about that. Cool. It was good stuff.
1: Yeah, anyway, the point being that we, you know, when we said yes, I do think that one of the things that kind of like put us in that place to say yes was I felt like we. At least Garrett and Daly and I went out to dinner one night. Scott wasn't in town, and we talked about it. And, you know, pretty much the second thing on the table after Rev 25 was, we're recording those songs, right? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. that was really it. I think if the songs didn't exist in, in the ether, like not being recorded, the story might be different. I don't know. I think
2: so, too. I mean, like, it was, we did, and we tried to do those songs in 2006, too, right? Yeah. Like right after the gigs, but, you know just life got in the way and it ended up not happening then. So.
0: It's seamless. Like the discover, whatever, what are you guys calling it? The, the
1: complete collection. The
0: complete collection. I've been listening to it heavily because Tito sent it to me. Yeah. And it's, it's seamless. You go through the whole thing. It, it, like yeah. there's no misbeats. Everything sounds
2: right on. I haven't even heard it yet.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> well, you should listen. They're pretty good bands. <laughs> I figure. All right. So we're, this is a Marvel podcast. Yeah. So you guys are here at Marvel headquarters. You got the tour. You guys, What did you guys learn about the making of comics you talk to the X-Men editors a little bit right?
1: We learned that it takes 8 weeks well some
2: one of them said 8 the other one said 12 and yeah you know, it was a little bit contentious it. It got a little awkward in there for a
0: minute <laughs> that's gonna happen <laughs> with Nick and George White big mustache 8, big, uh... 12, 8, 12 <laughs> I lean I mean, more
1: towards 8 it's, that's just me though it's crazy to me that that seems short to me you know for something like that which is so detailed and you know I mean, just a story to write.
2: Is that time frame somewhat consistent to, you know, say back in the day when Marvel first started? That's an
0: excellent question. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit longer now. There are a lot more people involved, and they're in in a variety of places. Back in the 60s, let's say, you had everybody in what would have been this office. Yeah, there was the bullpen. Mm -hmm. It was like Stan Lee would have his office, and he would... Type up, or he would have someone type up his plot for an issue, and he would say, "Okay, I'm going to give this to Jack." And then Jack Kirby would draw yeah. 20 pages, and then uh, you know when those pages were done, or as they're coming through, Stan would actually write the dialogue and the, so the crazy. what is written there based off of the plot and, and Jack's more when detail. Do we get
2: to meet Stan? Is he coming <laughs> up to this interview? Or?
0: Stan is amazing. <laughs> I, I wish he he was here. I've, I've interviewed him like four or five times really? now. Segue. He, I think, one of the last times he said after the camera stopped rolling and we had a crowd around us because we were doing it sort of an open space he looked at me and said that was a really good interview thank you wow. and I was like you know what I quit <laughs> yeah. mic drop I'm out he's done the comics done forever. he's done a lot and it was, it was, he's so sweet and he's yeah. so nice if you ever meet him bring a, a pretty lady with you. That's oh, really? my <laughs> advice anyone who meets Stanley, He loves pretty ladies. He
1: just he, does. It's funny because I do think of him as like Hugh Hefner of comics. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. The dark tinted <laughs> rose colored sunglasses the, the, yeah. helps that along. I There's think. a Although, oh, terrific... How, how awesome is his wife? Oh, yeah, just, it seems like a pretty amazing...
0: There's movie. a terrific photo of him <clears> from <throat> the 70s just naked Lounging with a book in front of his. I've
2: seen it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: you have to see it. It's like yep, stand the man right Oddly, there.
2: That was going to be the a single cover. Norm was going <laughs> to recreate that
0: pose for the rock
1: and roll song. That was gonna be
0: the, the I think you can do it. Single.
1: Just do so, it. So I have a Marvel question, actually. I think I was reading somewhere not too long ago that there was a three comic arc of Bob Marley comics that Marvel put out in the eighties. I'd love to know what that's Did you just get stumped? <laughs>
0: uh, I, I'm gonna guess we did rock and roll biography comics back in the day mm. uh, and I remember a variety of them. Bob Marley one doesn't stick out in my head. I don't know this. I, I don't. I was
1: just curious. I, don't. I was just like, does he have a secret power? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we did, you know, we've done like those biography things or we did like some Clive Barker like cool stuff with his mind. Mm. I mean, like he basically came up with some stuff and we did those things back in the 90s, but yeah. um, I've got no Marley for you. All right. But I will look into it. I'll see You're what a I can down, do. man.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can guess what Bob Marley's comic book superpower could be. Like,
0: I could guess. <laughs> I could <laughs> be,
1: <you laughs> guess. Longest
0: that does, thankfully, that doesn't really come across um, the audio. Maybe
1: <laughs> Marley's... Bong is like Thor's hammer. (laughs) Whoever holds it holds the power of Marley. Yeah, I think you guys need to to get in
0: touch with Bob Marley's estate and start pitching a comic with the knowledge you've gained here about how a comic is made. Boom!
2: Eight weeks. Bob Marley joins Texas is the reason. We do a regional tour of Jamaica. It's all starting, it's coming
0: together. It's coming together. I like it.
1: Give me a week, Uh, (laughs) give me six to eight
0: weeks. Six to eight weeks, yeah. And now it's you know, like they're saying, every part of the team could be in every part of the world. It's yeah. it's, it's nuts. It's it's wild, and it's kind of cool because bridge so easily with the internet and everything like that. I'm sure that's changed the way you guys work with people or you know interact with both fans and, and business people for, for Texas, right?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, in 2006, there was no Twitter, right?
0: There well, where, well it, but
1: it was maybe not really so it much. It felt like small. MySpace was the thing. So. Yeah. yeah. So that was that.
0: Do you guys still update your MySpace? I don't know if the password. <laughs> uh, we had one,
2: though, right? Yeah. Everybody
0: yeah. had one. Yeah. I,
2: mean, I meant the band. I mean, I... I, I yeah, yeah I you're I, on the MySpace every day. I'm on day. Friendster still. Nice. <laughs> I okay. liked I like
0: Friendster. <laughs> I'm just saying it, but anyway. Uh, when we were walking around, you mentioned really enjoying the Hulk.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, like, that was maybe this says something about, like, my personality, but, like, I really related to the you wouldn't like me when I'm angry thing. (laughs) Your eyes just got super big and intense right there. You looked at me like, you're gonna punch me. Well, because I'm not, like, you know, I don't get, like, aggro, you know what I mean? Like, and and it was funny, like, even when I first got into punk and hardcore or whatever, like, I was a skinhead in the 80s or whatever. Like, that was the the subculture that I went to, but I, I never really felt like, you know, a real New York skinhead. It's those guys were stomping people, and I was just, like, reading books. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it turned, you know, at the end of the day, I would look at my, my life and be like, oh, actually, I just thought that was a cute outfit. And, like, to, <laughs> that's why I was a skinhead.
0: <laughs> that's the best reason for going down that path, I guess. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, it's better than, well, I became a skinhead to stomp people. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: definitely. Did you guys see The Avengers? I did. What did yeah. you think?
1: I really... I loved it. I'm a huge, huge fan of, like, the, the Marvel movie universe and stuff.
0: Marvel Cinematic Universe is yes. the branding we have established.
1: <laughs> I actually I really love that. Although, you know, it's funny because when I went to see the movie, I was sitting in back of a kid, and I... Oh, God. What was Jeremy Renner's, Renner's character? Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah. So whenever, like, Hawkeye would come out with his bow and arrow, like, the kid would always be like... You know, he'd t- turn, I don't know if his parents or whoever, his guardian, and he would be like, that doesn't work. What is he even doing there? Like, he got so upset. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I get it, because everybody else was so, like, impressive, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Hulk smashing things sure. and, like, you know. What, well, I guess Captain America, you know, he doesn't really have, like, a, he's, he's more human.
0: More in, human, in but he's still elevated, you know, he's, like, the peak human physical right you know what i mean
1: yeah 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 so i mean so in that sense i remember watching the movie and like now that's kind of stuck into my head like every time i think of the avengers or whatever Mm -hmm. unfortunately but for me it's iron man out of of all the movies like that's the one that i like really love
0: nice we have (laughs) iron man 3 coming up i know in may when this stops recording, I'll give you some extra details that the bands will get. Oh, wow. But as long as you don't tell anybody. Ever. You don't go tweeting it and, and, and friendstering it.
2: <laughs> on friendstagram?
0: Friendstagram. i got blogs. To do this. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: we can do this?
0: Can do this? No, that, that, that's awesome. Do you know what else we have coming up? Because we have another Thor.
2: Yeah, I saw the Thor. I, I, I've been hearing yeah? talk about what the new
0: hear? Thor. What
1: do you hear? Oh, no, I just hear that it's... I, I saw the first one. It was good. It was, was like, hard for me to relate to, I think. Why? Just, you know, the whole Nordic strong man thing. Just, you know, I'm just... But he's a,
0: just like you or I. He's I'm, just
1: a, I'm like just a Latino weakling. <laughs> 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 so, you yeah, know, there's maybe the cultural gap, I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, I'm trying to think... They don't really have a lot of diversity in Asgard. Where's my
1: Latino superhero? <laughs> uh, we've
0: got tons.
1: We, really? We, we do, we, what we do. What do we do. got? What do we got? <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, they're in yeah. alternate yeah. universes White Tiger,
0: she's awesome She's on actually our Ultimate Spider-Man animated series And she's had her own book before And she's a badass She's cool We have Power Man Who is not Luke Cage but a more recent Power Man He's Hispanic As uh, a Colombian, a man of Colombian descent I also <laughs> uh, like seeing diversity my mom's from. Diversity. Nice, my dad was from Bogota Yeah, so,
1: yeah. she's from Barranquilla
0: can't say that. I,
1: don't, I, don't, I can't <laughs> pronounce it. I'm starting
0: to learn. I'm going through this year. I'm going to relearn Spanish just right. because I I need to. Where I live in Manhattan, it's it's important, and it's just it's important for the world. For sure. I you?
1: imagine the books all come out in Spanish, right?
0: We do. We have we have great collections. Actually, someone gifted me a Deadpool, a comic, a collection, and in I think it's a an actual Spain a collection for Spain, not for. Uh, a Mexican version of it. So in Spain, he's called Massacre. Oh wow! Which I was like, I was going through just to double check because the the cover, he just says Massacre. I'm like,
1: that's actually a good question. So okay, maybe one of you guys know the answer. Is there a Marvel comic that where the title was changed for another market in a weird way? Like I was so I was reading the other day about Different Strokes, the TV show, mm-hmm. and how like. In, as one
0: does yeah <laughs> normally <laughs> but like
1: so like in Thailand I think it was different strokes is called like funny midget <laughs> and like <laughs> and um, wow you yeah like, like cut to it but there were some really like and there was some South American territories that were just like you know it's just called you know you know black kid with white dad or something like that you know just yeah. like weird titles where it's like what why did you change it to that yeah. like is there anything like that that exists in Marvel land
0: um, you know, it, not really like that. I mean, you know, I look at, for, for me and for us, like, Spider-Man is capital S hyphen capital M. That is the way it is written and, you know, whatever. it shall be. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But in other places, it's just Spider-Man. No, no internal caps. Spider-Man. 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 And, and in that language, in that translation, yeah. that's what it is. And it drives me nuts because I've spent so many years...
2: You know. Do you think it drives Stan Lee nuts when he sees this? He, he doesn't care. He doesn't. He
0: He's like, yeah, great, whatever. He's like, I'm Stan Lee, and he walks out of the room. <laughs> Someone asked me, "Is like, would you rather have what was it? The, would you rather be Stan Lee for a year or have like unlimited tacos?" And I was like, I can, no one can be Stan Lee. But Stan Lee. Yeah. I mean, well, There's a lot of Stan Lee love on this I'll one. I'll
1: take off. the
0: tacos. Yeah, gonna take the ta- Yeah, exactly. You, can, you can't do anything but take the tacos. <laughs> All right. Uh, tacos and comics and, and, and music. It's been a fun time. Where can fans find you guys online and, and any tour information that we can tell them? Because we're going to get this up pretty soon.
1: Uh, I mean, I guess the, the ground zero is probably Facebook at this point. Which, uh, you true. Know, it's just Facebook.com slash TX is the reason. We'll be playing kind of across North America in the next two months. So if you're in uh, Philly, D.C., Boston, Toronto atlanta los angeles or san francisco or belgium <laughs> well belgium's coming in <laughs> april and you know we'll be doing some other things probably outside of north america but for north america that's it
0: we well, do have a number of uk listeners you got any
1: we can't confirm or deny at this point
0: Fantastic. it's <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, nice. Nice cool. open-ended
0: yeah we also have a lot of users on twitter so you guys are also tx is the reason on twitter as well. yes, we are. yes we are very cool well, thank, thank you guys
2: thank you for having us man thank yeah. you
0: i'm psyched check this off Rock and roll. Guys, this is Marvel, your universe.